When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Turn it up, baby. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Taco Tuesday, baby. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMV Podcast. People say we got to turn the, the volume down on the actual air horn. The actual air horn is like very, very well, You better do that because you can't turn me down, baby. <laughs> you cannot turn me down. We're presented today by Circa. Vote. I was just thinking about Circa. I was in a meeting talking about it with some colleagues, and I was like, man, I want to go back. Oh, we're going to get a chance to talk about Circa because there's an ad break and I'm tossing it to you, oh, big boy. I can't so, wait for this one. We're yeah. going to be talking about Circa and that gorgeous, that perfect shower, best shower of my that life. Pool. Unbelievable. Uh, pool. Unbelievable. Guys, today's show is going to be a fun one, man. I tasked, every now and then I give somebody a task that they were made for, that they were born for. I tasked Brendan Vogt with coming up with the 10 best Michael Porter games of his career. I'm, I, I'm not married to the list. There's been a lot of... Oh, no! Because, only because there are so many oh, good options. Adam. I just can't believe There it. are so many good options. We're going to talk about what makes a good broadcast team now that Dor- Doris is replacing Mark Jackson. We saw Jeff good Van Gundy's out, Doc Rivers in. Um, so what makes... Should we have high expectations? And we're also going to talk about the state of the NBA. Is it getting better? Is the NBA getting better? In what ways, yes. In what ways, no. All of that. My colleague here drinking a coffee in the afternoon wearing a flower shirt. He's... Prime, Brendan Vogt. Yeah, I mean, coming off such an ethical title, the league's obviously in a good spot, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, I want to work again today. Did you? How far away do you live? <laughs> yeah, like 15 miles. Well, There's no way I could possibly you walk. Should try Actually, it. I probably could walk that. You should try it. If I was like needed to, which I'm never going to be needed to. Um, are you really you really liking the walks, huh? Dude, it's a great way to just build exercise into your day. What about the walk home, though? A little harder. Yeah, it's like a little sweaty, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're not feeling that one as much. Um, we start today with not our top story, but just with some notes. Let's get warmed up before okay. we get into some right. of the, the MPJ stuff. The Phoenix Suns released their new jersey. You almost forget that in the offseason, it's New Jersey release That's time. Right. I don't know if the Nuggets are releasing new ones, but the Phoenix Suns have. Now, I got to give a little behind the scenes. The brains behind, before you put this up, Kale, the brains behind the Nuggets... Um, some of the best Nuggets jerseys of the last decade have been a former Denver Nuggets employee who, you know, comes from Denver, has Denver culture, this or that. He left, went to Phoenix, my good friend, um, and now he runs there, and he's behind a lot of theirs. Now, they hire designers and everything, but who influences that? You know, a designer from California comes in and is like, tell me about the Denver Nuggets, you know, and then someone says Union Station, and then they make a Union Station There are jersey. lights at Larimer Square Lights well. at Larimer Square yeah. and the Red Brick. But, you know, or you get somebody that's like plugged in, you know, to the culture here and here, and that's what, in my opinion, this is what you get with Phoenix, because they've had some great jerseys. Say what you will about the Phoenix Suns. The best and most redeeming part of them, to me, has been their jerseys. I agree. I scrubbed this forever, but I like the branding. I, their branding is unbelievable. Their branding is really good. Also, Suns. Like, that's also a good, like, I, you I know what I mean? It's good. This is too much. Sucks. We're giving them too much. much. Yeah. We're giving them too much. They ruin it by being everything else that they are. But let's pull up these jerseys here, Kale, because, oh, there it is. Right there is the back end. Nah, Phoenix Suns here. Um they get the two new jerseys. So this is their like default jerseys now, I believe. They're okay. home in a way. 
This looks a little 90. We don't have D-line here. He's probably like rolling in his grave listening to this. It us looks talk about clean, it. doesn't it's, it? Oh, it looks so clean, So man. clean. Um, honestly, man, these look a little like 90. This reminds me of the Nugget Skyline where it's like a modern update on a classic. Absolutely. Absolutely. It takes me back to playing NBA Live 90-whatever on my NBA 64. It's kind of like the old. It is the old Suns vibe, but it is the modern take on it. I like the whites a lot. Yeah, the whites just are so I like Gorgeous, the purple man. as a what do you call that, Kale? An accent color? Where are you is that an accurate secondary? secondary. Mm. I like I like the purple as it's used there. I think it's nice. Uh I like the whites a lot. The purples I'm not as sold on, the whites I like. The purples I think are good. I mean, this is how the Nuggets jerseys are, where like one home versus away is like way better, even though it's the same jersey, just yeah. inverted. I like both though. I hate to say it, but I freaking love this. I think the Suns are gonna be cool. <laughs> Like, if I didn't absolutely uh. hate the Suns, back in the day, I used to just buy shirts for all teams. Like, I, it was my thing. I was trying to collect, like, every single team and just get something that was cool because I love the NBA. I don't do that anymore because I hate the NBA. Now. Right, yeah. <laughs> I more hate Because we're giant well, haters. You have to remember, back in the day, the Nuggets sucked. So it was like, am I going to hate every other team? Like, I can't do it. We don't even have rivalries. We're not in the playoffs. Now it's like, okay, now I hate everyone. We're on top looking down at everyone. But I will say, I think these are great. Does it give you hope? that the Nuggets are getting new jerseys or that their next updates will be cool? I have to say, I have truly not thought about that. One of the I sort know, of but things... Right now, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm interested because the way you framed it, it's usually one of the off-season little pearls you get, you yeah. know? But right now, it's like, ah, titles. Titles are sweet. It's so true. You're you know? right that this used to mean way more to us than it does now. You're like, yeah. I don't know. We'd bring D-Line in and get a whole segment out of it. Didn't they win in the COVID Blues? Or the COVID whites, like isn't it? They won three of the series at least. I don't remember if the closeout. No, they closed out. They closed out the COVID one. And like it is, as Eric puts, the one thing about the title that just could have been better is that they closed it out in these Union Station slash COVID whites. It is a great take. Um, I am hopeful that they get something a little bit better. I feel like they were on a cold run. I feel like they peaked maybe three years ago. I'm with you. I'm with you. The Reds. I, I could run an update back. I will also say. I know there are a lot of fans, and this is the whole idea, but are tired of getting new jerseys every two, two So years. are you hoping for better new city editions or like rebranding want, the entire look? I don't I think I would have heard I mean it's possible that they are rebranding the whole look, but I think that's I what heard. the Suns just did. That's what the yeah. Suns just did. And I know that with when Nike took over, I know I thought it was every four years, which I think Denver is already in five years, so I don't think that is accurate. Yeah. So maybe it is, like we're right right there, but um, I would love for them, like the standard navy and the standard white to me, I think they're called association and icon for some That's reason. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I still don't understand you know, why. Yeah. Your association and icon. <laughs> Even jersey. you're home and away. Um, I think that they're okay. I think that they're okay. And weirdly, when I think about the nuggets of this era, I only think of the alternates. Whereas those Suns jerseys are so cool, I will think of the Suns in those jerseys. So I hope if the nuggets do rebrand, it's in a jersey that we're like, Default setting is like at least an eight out of ten. Yeah, I would I'm call the th- current navies and whites like a five out of ten. They're so much better than the powder blues were before sure. that, though. That like I didn't I'm, like those I'm yellows worried, either. Yeah, and the yellows were bad. I'm worried, but the yellow was an alternate that's right, into that's the right. wrong direction. You know, because like what we have right now is inoffensive. Yeah, it's totally inoffensive. That's what you would say about yeah. it. But even now, I do feel like five years ago, it felt a little fresher. Now I'm kind of yeah. like, this looks almost dated. I don't know. I'm with that a little bit, actually. But their alternates have been great. And weirdly, that is how I think of the Nuggets. Um, not, another headline here for you, Vote, you're going to love. Lowry Markkinen. Mm. 
has never seen, according to an article in Finnish that I translated, you should Google Translate. Perfect. Has never seen a team use weed. <laughs> Let me give you the quote. I haven't come across that issue myself. It hasn't ever been talked about in the locker room. The rule change does not affect my own life in any way, and no one on my team has done anything. Uh, all right, Kale, do you have... Um... Lowry Marketing's never seen any player use weed? Kale, please pull up Conspiracy Corner Graphic if you can find it. <laughs> just because I want the tinfoil uh, hats. Okay. And just so that I can say that today's Conspiracy Corner is unofficially brought to you by Kind Love. <laughs> I, all right, two possibilities. First of all, he's lying. Which distinct possibility? Well, he does start with, oh, is it? When he was asked about the rule, like, oh, really? I hadn't, I didn't know anything about that. That's what I say to you, like, when I know I haven't been doing my work. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, is it not up yet? (laughs) Uh, So he could be lying, or he's such a herb that they don't invite him when they smoke. But wouldn't you like his smell? I remember KD had the great interview where he was like, how did Adam Silver know you like weed? He's like, bro. It's the moment I walk in the room, you could tell I like weed. <laughs> I'm saying maybe he gives off such uh, narc vibes that they're <laughs> the team like. He was all hiding from Lowry. Like they put Visine in before they <laughs> go to shoot around. They're like, he's just going to be annoying about it, bro. Um, so I don't know. But I don't believe you, Larry. You are a liar. I found that to be the funniest quote ever. Like, it's actually uncool to play that. Like, you should be like, oh, yeah, I'm sure, man. Like, yeah. Is he out of the military? Is oh, he just lying? Right. Dude, you know, he was doing, who was telling me that he's do, like really committed to it? You know, was going, he wasn't just doing a token. Maybe that's what this is. He's trying, you know. Prince Harry, you know, take some pictures or whatever. He's trying to talk his way into an, an office, um, an officer job. The NBA issued a memo because Damian Lillard was has been about the so oh. avert. No, not about the weed. Because Damian Lillard has been so overt, or really his agent has been so overt about, yeah, Miami or nothing, nobody else trade for me, that the NBA, who you know the NBA hates when players are empowered. They hate it. They hate when they the last, force trades. It's the last thing they'll stand for. Oh, they hate it, man. Um, they have sent out a memo saying that teams can't do that. Um, let me see here. It says, um, the, the says... Any player or his agent who makes public or private comments indicating he won't fully perform the services called for under his player contract in the event of a trade will be subject to discipline. Because this was, of course, his agent is Aaron Goodwin letting it out that, hey, um, if you Minnesota, if you trade for Dame, he's just not going to play. He's going to sit out. So the NBA is saying, hey, we've always allowed that to be the case privately, but don't you dare say this publicly I also think it's funny. It reminds me, vote of when. Do you remember the one game Jokic sat against Milwaukee because it was a back to back that went New Orleans, and then all of a sudden it became the like example, you know, number one for players ducking games or whatever. I feel like this is Lillard. Say what you will about him, he has been loyal to Portland for all these years. I'm with you, and now he's the guy that's like, no, James Harden in his third trade request in two years. No, not him. When Anthony Davis wants. You know, he, That's the, awful. the day of the week and the time that I'd be hand delivered to L.A. Let me know. Right. So it, it's very, very will make an example out of the mid market for sure. Having said that, absolutely hilarious <laughs> that Dame waited this long <laughs> and it got this sloppy. And now the NBA is mad at him and he gets to go from agent of loyal uh, loyalty to uh, the reason. Maybe there's a rule change or a memo at the very least. But it is it is a little bit like when the Lakers do it, it's not a problem. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's also, I wonder if it's because 
Dame has been maybe with was Jokic. I don't think I think with Jokic, people were just looking to ch- take the MVP from him. Yeah, in particular, I remember Rip, Richard Jefferson was the one that gave the impassioned speech about when I was a child and I went to the game, and it was like because of Jokic. Clearly, there was an agenda on the table for Richard Jefferson. I had the worst opinion. time in Denver. Um, he really did, but I feel like maybe with Dame, it's the it's that. Because he's thought of, like Harden does it all the time. They're like, guys, that's just Harden being Harden. That, oh, you're so, that's true, man. And now it's like Dame, and we're like, man, we can't allow this. Dame was supposed to be our good one. You know, mm. he was the player that actually cared about the team he played for. This I, is a real black eye. Here's the thing. What is this memo going to do, in your opinion? Very little to nothing. Is the NBA, I think it's going to have very little impact on teams, players doing this. I think that it's going to be like tampering, okay. where does tamp- every team tamper? But every now and then, the Charlotte Hornets tamper, right. and they get fined $10 million. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen is you're going to end up... You know who's going to get fined for this? It's it's going to end up being like... Um, LaMelo Ball. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no, not LaMelo Ball. It's not going to be LaMelo. He's too famous. It's yeah, going to end yeah. up being like Caleb Martin or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. he loses a million dollars because like somehow his agent fumbled on a podcast right. saying, no, he wants to go to Dallas. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, Anthony Davis will just like continue to go wherever he wants. Having said that, it's at least nice to hear the league acknowledge it. You know, not not that I have faith that this will have the intended consequences, but it is a real. It's maybe the worst thing happening in the league. Like the he's pretty early in on the contract. You know, the bit that I have with Dame aside. It's just not a good look. And it's not now, listen. Especially Miami. I just think it's the problem with specifically Dame and Portland, the loyalty guy. Yeah. And then where did he say? It's not even like he said, I want to go to Indiana. Because I don't even know if this would be a big deal if it was Indiana. They'd be like, oh, cool. Look, player empowerment's good for everyone. But instead, <laughs> it's Miami, the same place sure. that it always is, or sure. same one or two places. No, I mean, I think that's a big part of it as well. And so I actually didn't think of it until you framed it this way. But the that he's the poster boy for the other side of the spectrum and it's this ugly, and this public is probably just has them unnerved. Having said that, you are certainly right that the, the consequences will play out unevenly. Yeah. I think that the this, to me, this memo is the quintessential um, Adam Silver memo. It is the, like, the perception is so much more important than the actual. Are we worried about these players doing this? Absolutely not. Otherwise, James Harden would have been the example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're worried because you said it out loud. Your agent got a little bit more loose, and now the veil of you know anything can happen. Even though lifted. Harden, even though Harden's team is telling everyone with two ears like Clippers, 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 right, Clippers. Right, right. Yeah, so I that's mean, more rumors. Windhorse is saying that, not not the mm. agent. Woj is saying that, and Woj does never just says what the agents tell him, man. They that's just Woj. Just his opinion, bro. It's just his opinion, man. Just what he's hearing. All right, let's take a break on the other side. We're going to start this countdown. Later on in the show, we'll get to Mark Jackson, what makes a good broadcast team, all of those things. But next, Michael Porter. What's better than Vegas with the fellas? Vegas with the fellas at Circa Resort and Casino. Adam, can you just wax poetic to the folks at home about the myriad amenities and just reasons to have your Vegas stay with Circa? So there's all these casinos in Vegas that have a theme to them. You know, one is a pirate ship. You know, one is like Venice or something or, you know, whatever. Theirs is... Do you love sports? Yes. Then this is the one. We're cool. going to make the sports book. Everything is sports book. And their owner, the owner of Circa, he went on the Bronco. He went on one of the shows. Maybe it was the Buff show. And he said, my thought process was, if I brought my wife to a casino, 
how do I get what she wants and what I want? Well, she's going to want a great pool, check. And I'm going to want to watch sports while I'm in the pool, check. So it's like everything has a little bit for everybody. Awesome time. Honestly, my, my favorite casino, hands down. And that's before you even get to the shower, which was unbelievable. Uh, Circus Sports Colorado is letting you uh, get in on the action as well, even from afar. Download the app at CircusSports.com. One underrated thing about the hotel, you you when you get in the elevator, there's no buttons. I actually just, love that part. Too. It just takes you to your room. You it's just the tell best. Her, it's, it's actually yeah, the best. It's part. actually really it's cool. It's actually the best. It's part. confusing at first because you're like, oh, it, oh yeah, it's taking me right now. And then if someone tries to get on the elevator with you, you just start saying no, no, <laughs> wrong. Uh, but as far as placing bets with Circa, which you can do in Colorado, but you have to be physically located in the state of Colorado. You also have to be 21 or older. All rights reserved. Circa Sports Colorado encourages oh, you yeah, to no gamble kids. responsibly. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER or visit problemgamblingcolorado.org. Kind Love. Oh, no, excuse me. Well, I like Kind Love, too. Shout out Kind Love. But we're actually talking about BetterHelp right now, which is an important way for folks to take care of their mental health. Talk therapy is, in my opinion, essential. Maybe you've tried medication, you've tried building different strategies in your life to help you deal with whatever it is you're dealing with. Uh, but with BetterHelp, you don't have to do it alone. And you can do it uh, from the convenience of your home. That's one of the ways that life is working here post-pandemic, and BetterHelp understands that. So Head to betterhelp.com slash DNVR, answer a few questions about yourself and your goals, get matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can start scheduling sessions. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash DNVR today. Get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash DNVR. All righty, back here, segment two. Let's get into the fun stuff here. This thing, I think we should make this a series. I think we should do this for several players. Maybe Aaron Gordon's next. I want to start with the 10 best games all time of Michael Porter. And you're starting to sweat because you feel like maybe you don't really have the full list. Well, there are a lot there are there are <laughs> there are more options than you'd think. And I just know that there are a lot of people counting on me to get this right. In the chat, by the way, chime in on the games that you think in your mind when you think of Michael Porter. Actually, we should start with that. Is there a game you think of when you just think of Michael Porter game? Yes, actually. And it's number six on this list. Okay. Should I just start? There, no, no, oh, no. Okay. But I'm thinking, is it just one? Was it definitively one game? Because I have one, but I don't think it's. It might be number six. Actually, it would be. It wouldn't be number one. Correct. That I would frame it that way. Yes. There's one game that stands out to me as actually the MPJ game, but it's probably not. You know, one of his very best games. All Ted. Okay. All right. Let's start this list off. Okay. Number ten. Number ten. The box score might look a little confusing if you're running through game logs because he only logs about 20-ish minutes. <laughs> That's all it took, huh? It ends up being a loss. What? But Michael Porter Jr. was absolutely excellent against the Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Uh, he puts up 23 points on 9 of 12 shooting, 3 of 5 from the field. He has 3 rebounds and 4 assists. He's absolutely cooking uh-huh. when he yams on Zach Collins, oh! who runs up on 3 back <laughs> surgery great. Michael Porter Jr.'s yeah. back. Okay. Porter turns around, grabs him by the neck, yeah, and shoves him out of his face. He gets thrown out of the game. I maintain to this day it was worth it. Oh, my God. So worth it. So it's a performance that kind of falls through the cracks of the box scores. So give the line again. I remember it as an exceptional performance. So he's got 23 points, four assists, and three rebounds. But he's 9 of 12 from the field, 3 of 5 from deep, and 2 of 2 from the line. Love it. Love it. That's a good one. I do remember it has an iconic moment, the dunk. And it has the um, 
you know, the, the, the interaction with Zach Collins, who, by the way, is just so perfect he's, as a, like a foil. Oh, for he's him. like a sneaky Nuggets villain that you wouldn't, because he's not significant enough to really be one. But folk from this era will remember hating Zach Collins. Yeah. We'll remember hating him. Number nine on this list. This is this past year. Well, it's this this year, this calendar year, February 7. They're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves. Michael Porter Jr. goes off. It's 30 points. It's 11 of 15 from the field, four of six from deep, five boards. But here's why this one stands out for MPJ. He was plus 43. <laughs> he was plus 43 <sighs> in this game. So I had to put that one on there because that number is just delicious. This is the thing about MPJ. When he's on fire, the Nuggets blow teams out. They blow him out. And I think this game, Minnesota, was shorthanded. Like, it was a little bit of a weird one. But nonetheless, like, he was on fire and the game was not close. Plus 43 is hilarious. How many minutes did he play in this one? Oh, gosh. 29? I have it right here. 29 minutes? And he gets up to plus 43? 30 Mm. points. He was just like, the game was out of hand, but it was just uh, every second Porter was on the court, we were cackling down in the bar. So I'm going to go down to, actually, you know what? Anthony Edwards played, Jaden McDaniels played, Rudy Gobert played. Like the only guy that didn't play was Cat. Um, my goodness. And then all the Nuggets played. It's just Mike was unbelievable. He was the game high plus forty three. Jokic had sixteen assists. Oh man, this is and a lot of them were Mike. <laughs> it was a great night for me. I remember this one really well. That was the game after Dane Moore had infamously come on our podcast and said That's he right. he liked the Minnesota yeah. the Denver matchup. We, right. you, we went out and just. Blew Blew them out. Uh, we love you, Dan. That's right. Ish Smith played a lot of minutes in this game. I guess, of course, he did. It was a blowout. So yeah, but that one's really there just because plus forty three. <laughs> That's great. Is great. is that his all time best plus minus? I, yes, it I'm, is. It is. It's sure. Guess what? His second best plus minus is at least of games he scored at least twenty points. What's that? Plus twenty nine. Okay. So, so that this was is a fourteen big, better a than cap. his. Yeah. Rob Sheldon in the chat. Rob and I, we went different ways on Will. We bond on Mike. The Nuggets are just flat out better with Mike on the floor. (laughs) I mean, true. Okay. Fact check. This one, you might have to remember it. You might have to remember the game, and maybe I could have dropped it lower. But it's uh, this season, but it's 2022. It's November 13. He drops 31 points against the Bulls. That's his third highest ever. Um, It's his highest game score of the season and it was like one of his most mature games. His defense was awesome. He was putting the ball on the floor. <laughs> this is folks deep cut. You know what I mean? He looked really. The numbers weren't there. And there weren't any highlights. But my God, was his secondary rotation you know great. You know what I did? I advanced searched MPJ best game f- from my handle. And I tweeted about this yeah, game. Really? <laughs> what did you say? Do you have it? Oh, uh, you should have found oh, it. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I said the box, whatever. <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear the tweet. Um, I think it was like. <laughs> 31 points is pretty freaking great, though. It was all about his defense. Six of nine shooting is also like... It was all about his defense, though, too. Like, it was one of those, the first games we see Mike go off as a shooter and score. He was getting to the rim, really, Mm. but also play defense. Sometimes you see him kind of one or the other. And this was just... I remember everyone calling it a very mature performance. Guess what Yoke had that that game? 14 assists. It was one of two games this year Yoke had less than 10 points. He had eight points in this game because it was such a laugher. But to your point... The Nuggets score 126. They score 29 or more in every quarter, and it was just a dominant. And a it dominant was one win. of those games like Port. The, the, you guys know everyone watching this show, guys and gals know when Porter has those games in the regular season. 
the, the feeling, the takeaway is, oh, they have this guy too. Right. You know what I mean? And that's, so those are the nights when you're watching and you're cackling. Let's go way back, fellas. Let's go way back. 2020. Okay. Uh, we'll go to March. OKC, a young Michael Porter Jr. drops 37 points with 12 rebounds. It's the uh, second highest output scoring output this, of his career. This was in the bubble, right? I'm pretty sure this was in the bubble. He had the back-to-back. I think his two highest games he ever scored were back-to-back in the bubble. Am I wrong about that? No, they weren't. They were different. He did have two 30-point games, though, I think, in the bubble. Um, but this one was in August, so it was like a weird a weird time. Yeah, but he goes... So he plays 43 minutes. He drops 37 points, 12 rebounds, 12 mm. of 16 from the floor. He's an absolute monster. Again, this is 2020, so we haven't seen a ton of this from Mike yet. And here's what's fun about this one. I'm kind of cheating. Two days later, he drops 30 points and 15 that, rebounds. That's what I'm thinking of. So this so, is the bubble. So if you remember this, these were his first two games because you had the season... And you have the break, and he's such a young player at this time that like he's still getting better month by month. And he basically got an off season in in the middle of the That's season. Right. He's like maybe the nugget that him and Murray both benefited so much from that break. And he comes back, and his first two games were thirty point bangers on super efficiency, where it was like holy crap. That was probably for me personally my peak optimism on yep. MPJ. He's like barely dribbling in these games too. It, he got hurt sadly after that. So like there was some momentum, you know, that yeah. he could build. And I will say that in the playoffs that year, he wasn't well-rounded enough, new enough, strong enough, all these things to be able to do, like he had the talent, but it wasn't fully unlocked. I think in some ways he has almost less talent because physically, like sure. he's yeah, yeah, gone yeah. through another back surgery and he hasn't fully gotten back to what he was here uh, athletically. Hopefully this year he does. But he was the most talent there, but the least rounded. And now he's more rounded and less talented. I agree. But vote, this game is what makes me think about MPJ this year. Because I do think he is getting close to what he was here athletically by the end of the year. A full offseason to really work on his body. He had a great curious mic the other day with his sister where he yep. was talking about that very thing. About like he kind of knows better how to manage his body. He thinks he knows what he needs physically to be at his peak. I just look at it this and I go... There's a part of me that hopes this mic is the one that we get day one of training camp. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And it's, ah, I'm obviously for a hundred reasons, even the most optimistic of us are skeptical, right? To some degree, but I'm with you. This is one of my big takeaways going through this list is you forget going even all the way back this far, how many different points in his career where there were, where we all got excited and it wasn't just potential. It's what he was doing in front of us. You want to know another thing that he had a career high in that game. Do you know what it was? Well, it was points, but do you know what else it was? Free throw attempts. Oh man. Nine, nine of nine, nine free throw attempts. He goes nine for, for nine for call, nine. Dude. I'm actually not sure if it was the most he's had, but it's the most of any 20 point. I only he's nine of nine. Sure, throw games. it in there. Yeah. Throw it in there. That that shows you when he's athletic, he was getting to the line because he was a problem. So I'm glad you see why this one's in there, man, because it was it's just like what it was where we were going with it when we saw it. That brings me to number six, which is in my mind, actually. All right, hear me out. Important preface. I weight the playoff games more heavily, and you're gonna see that in this okay. list. Having said that, to me, this is the MPJ game. Mm, wait, what? What I'm about to say, and it's regular season, and it's number six on this list. January 2nd, 2020, Michael Porter Jr. scores career-high 25 points on 11 of 12 shooting as the Nuggets beat the Pacers in Indiana. 
You're step, right. Do you remember? Yes, I so step right. back three. This what? is the very God. You're so very, right about these. Very oh. first Porter game where like I was texting you guys. I couldn't. I was like, dude, yeah. this is they're gonna win a title. They yeah, I don't did, think we were did. doing live shows and stuff just yet. They did. No, we were at. You weren't there, but we were at the Lakewood office. You guys were at the. Lakewood I remember office. because we it were? was it was you, me, Harrison, and D line. Really, I missed yeah. the show. I scared Maisie because I was so excited. She was mm. a puppy. She's like, "What's going on?" He was. He came off of the bench. Eleven of twelve. You're right. Off man. the bench. Like, here's off the, the bench. Thing about Porter, he's so freaking talented, and we've just it. Everything happened so slowly with him that you kind of forget. You know, but you're right. This was in the run of games. It wasn't the only one. It was a run of like seven games where he just kept doing stuff that was unbelievable. 11 of 12 shooting. And here's the thing. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like just nothing but difficult shots, 1 being all layups. That was like an 8, man. They were tough shots oh. and he just kept making them. The step back, the famous step back where he goes like 6 feet. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. We're and so getting that this mic was... this year. I'm telling you, we're getting this mic this year. I, I really believe that. I remember, man. I remember watching that game and like goosebumps like they're they're going to win one day. So, mm. I love that one. And I You're would... right about that though being like I think that's the to me, almost a quintessential non-playoff mic game. It I, just was. It was. A, here's what it is: quintessential first wave mic. That's what it is. Yeah. Maybe. All right. There's a weird kind of grading. Maybe you could flip it with this next one. On principle, number five, the, the last regular season game is his career high: 39 points against Houston. Just because it's his career high. Um, that I was just, the last game of last year. Wait, when was this? This was uh, April 24th, 2021. 2021. Yeah. So I don't know if it's actually, I just put it there because it's his career high. I'm actually not married to this being number five. So it could, I might put, I might put the Indiana game ahead of this one, but it's there. It's on the list because it's his career high. Okay. Trying to remember it off the top of my head and I'm like, I just don't know if I can. Let's get into the, uh, let's get into the playoffs. Yeah. That's the thing. It's not as memorable. It's only there because it's career high. So actually I'm going to drop this one. I think to like eight. Okay. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But that one's on there. Okay. Number four. We're going to the playoffs, but it's still a young Michael Porter Jr. It's game six. They've got Portland on the ropes. Oh, yeah. What does sure. Mike do? For sure. What does Mike do? He drops an aerial assault. Is it six threes in the first half? Or no, is it first four? quarter. First I think quarter. it was 21 points in the first yeah, quarter. Yeah, I probably should have looked this one up because it's maybe the most fun one. Which game was this? This or is what? game six against Portland. And How many points did he have total? Because I think it was only like 25 or something. Yeah, it wasn't a ton, actually. Was this the overtime win? Points. Yeah, so this game is points. actually the Dame 55 piece, right? This is a memorable one. Yes, it is. This is the Damian Lillard, which that's what it's become known as, right? That's right. The game that he dropped 55. But actually, the Nuggets win. Jokic goes for 38, 11, and 9. So Jokic, to me, even had the better game. I always say this. Dame had a good game. He got a ton of fouls, and he hit a bunch of crazy prayer shots that all went in. So he gets credit for how great he was in those moments. On top of like Austin Rivers got a foul call for like tickling his a hair on oh his arm, God, like he just got a, a million calls. But in this game, the Nuggets won, and Jokic was unbelievable. And the story in the first quarter was actually Michael Porter, twenty-one points in that first quarter. That was, I would say, the quintessential Porter quarter. Yes, that's the first Porter quarter. And I don't think it's the first, but it's the, well, the quintessential. You're right. The quintessential. You're right. You're right. It was you're the right. most Porter quarter. The most Porter quarter. Fun fact, too, just because we remember early Mike for all these inconsistencies and stuff, especially in the playoffs. The game before that in Game 5, also a win, 
um, 26 points, 12 rebounds, three not assists. On the list. Not on the list, just, again, just it's one. fun to look back on. No Murray, Porter steps up. Um, more, more than we remember, you know. 38-25 to 25 at the end of the first quarter, Nuggets up. They win in double overtime. So without that crazy Porter quarter, Nuggets <laughs> probably lose that game and probably that series because that was the pivotal game five series game. So hit, literally that quarter alone saved the Nuggets' year. And it was the and it was in the playoffs, man. And so and he was still really young. So I loved that moment so much. It was kind of impossible not to. As a Nuggets fan, should we do a break or should we keep going? I have not been keeping track of the time. Um, let's well, we'll take a break. Let's take a break. All right, cool, man. Well, what do we have top four left or top three? We have I think four left. Three, three left. Thanks, Cal. Three left. Cool. Sick. One of my favorite ways to get to know my city and the people that live in this city with me is by playing sports. Sounds easy, right? Well, it is with Volo Sports, the largest social sports company in the U.S., and we play with Volo so the kids can play for free. The Volo Kids Foundation is a separate 501c3, provides free sports camps to kids in each Volo city, and you may have already seen us out and about. We've thrown some teams together for the bowling league, the beer in hand kickball league. That was a great time. Um, shout out to the bartender at Bolero, who's a fan of the show, by the way. I forget your name. I'm sorry, brother. But I've met all these wonderful people through Volo. Registration closes for a Volo Pass on Thursday, August 3rd. Sign up before it's too late. Get your Volo Pass. Start playing in leagues as a free agent today. Make sure to use code DNVR10 for $10 off at www.volosports.com slash DNVR. That's www.volosports.com slash DNVR. And it's summer, also known as patio season here in the great state of Colorado, particularly right here in Denver. I like to get my patio vibes on. At Illegal Pete's, the go-to spots for burritos, beers, and buddies. Whether it's beers or margs, burritos or bowls or nachos, whatever it is that you're into, eat it outside on a patio at a nice Illegal Pete's. Invite your friends. Uh, yeah. Oh, also you can check out um, some delicious Breck Brews there too if you find them. So, yep, Illegal Pete's, tons of locations around Colorado. Great place to hang. And we're back. We're back. So we were up to the top three games of Michael Porter Jr.'s career as voted on by superfan Brendan Vote. All right, this one's really controversial. What? Number three? It's really controversial. Number three is controversial. It's really, really controversial. Game one of the NBA Finals. <clears throat> okay. Michael Porter Jr. shoots two for 11 from three. Tough start. My God, this is such a vote list. I can't believe this, Kale. <laughs> 14 points. I should have tasked Kale with this, 14, this one. <laughs> 14 points. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh -huh. thir 13 rebounds. Yeah. Plus 20 points in the 11-point win. It is his first finals appearance. He gets a double-double, 14 points. Three, uh, 43. <clears throat> plays 43 minutes? He plays 43 minutes. He actually was really good defensively in this game, and he grabbed 13 rebounds. Uh, it's definitely not better than the games I've listed so far, but it's his finals game. And I think like he gets crushed for that finals performance because he didn't shoot well. Yeah, which is his most important trait. I'm telling you, man, in game one and game five, he was very, very good in the other areas. And so I'm putting this one on there. This to me, is, all right, you're going to hate this take vote. To me, this showing up as number three or anywhere in the top 10 is evidence that you're still not fully in on him because you would never do this for Jamal Murray. You would never be like, you know what? His third best game ever, he was two of 11 because you're like, no, Murray has often been good at all the stuff, but he's here for his scoring. I'm saying it was Michael Porter Jr.'s first ever game in the NBA Finals. 
And he dropped 14 points, got 13 <laughs> rebounds. He was a plus 20. It's a good double-double, but I think this one is a little... I'm waiting it because it's the finals. All right. All right. All it right. has no business being number three. Get off my back. <laughs> number two, these next two are easier arguments. And I actually might flip this. Right. I'm going to flip it now. Perfect. I'm going to flip it. We, you didn't even have to tell us because we didn't know. Yep. All right. So this one's probably his pound-for-pound pound best playoff game. Okay. But the stakes aren't quite as high. Okay. Round one, game three against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Okay. Michael Porter Jr., 25 points, Ooh. nine rebounds, four of eight from three. And if I recollect correctly, there was a stretch where Jamal and Jokic were both off the floor and Mike was very good. Um, and I just, that was the first playoff game where you go online and you see people going, holy shit, this is their third option. Right. Nats. Huge huge back-to-back defensive plays that game, too. He yep. had that block at the rim and then the swat. Oh, you're yeah. right. Big-time blocks. So, you know, obviously people like me say what we say, but now you get all the smart, objective people going, hang on, this guy's part of Denver's future, right. and the vibes were percolating. Um, so this is actually probably the best pound-for-pound pound game he played in the playoffs. However. Hold up, hold up a second. Hold okay. up a second. One thing on this one. Game three was the most important game of that series. You're up 2-0. Where does momentum go? You know, it's like yeah. up in the air. So they had to close out in game five, of course. Like the closeout game is also important. But this one to me was the pivotal. And it kind of set the tone for the playoffs. Like, hey, no. We're, remember, we, we didn't know if the Nuggets could win easy. Correct. Prior to this, they'd only won in six or seven ever. Ever. And so it was like, can they get an easy uh, series win? That was an important one for them doing it. Uh, Not mo- a bad one, but. Monster game scores. Best game score of the playoffs there. This of this run, I think there's. I think this one's easy if it's the one I think. Game five, well, uh, semifinals against the Suns. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Um, where Porter goes twenty-one and twelve. Wait, did I put the wrong one? No, game five. Game five. Game five. It's only nineteen and eight, but it's um seven eleven from the floor and five of eight from three, and this is another one where. You, the Nuggets actually didn't have it in the first half, and it's at home. Okay. Um, and this is the game they have to get. And Jokic and Murray doesn't really have it. Jokic isn't really super aggressive. Mike goes off. And then I actually have this. Is this is game five? This is game five. And then I wrote this in my player grades that night that it was perhaps the best defensive game of his career. It wasn't passable. It wasn't good. Plus 24. It was great. And so that's another one where the box score looks a little funky, but it's... 19 and 8 is a good playoff game. It's a, But it's, again... The, 7 of 11 shooting is really good. It's these moments, though, where... Because I'm in the building for that one, and, like, Murray looks kind of tired and yokes off the floor, and it's... You know, they, you just come back from that Phoenix trip, and you're close to nerve. The nerves are there for yeah. maybe the first time all playoff run. And it's like, dude, who has it? And I think it's to start the second quarter. Mike goes bonkers. Malone sh- uh, shouts him out after the game for that stretch, which he says kept them in the game. Um, and I actually think if you look at moments where they this playoff run could have actually gone differently, that quarter is way, way up there. And it was Mike taking the reins and delivering the win at home. So I that one to me, it was the, the weight of the moment and the consequence where maybe they don't, maybe they don't beat the Suns in six if Mike doesn't do that. For the game that you, that, you didn't say that I would have thought of. Was it maybe it was game five? Actually, you're right because now that I'm looking at this, I thought it was the closeout game against Portland, but the closeout game was actually a little bit more comfortable. It was the game five, so you did reference it, and I forgot to bring it up. But he did hit the game clinching shot 
which wasn't game clinching. It was game winning. It was tied. Like in my head, that shot sealed it, but that was actually broke the tie and sealed it. it turned it from a zero point a tie game to a three point game. And we'll always, I think the pass was more remarkable than the shot, but the fact that it was at that point a very unproven Mike, especially as a number two, sealing it, that gave the famous, like, you know, Zach Collins screaming at Mike <laughs> that we photoshopped into him screaming, yeah, Mike. Um, to me, that game almost to me, if I think of Michael Porter quintessential games, I think it's actually game five of Portland. Are you saying Clippers or Portland? Portland. Do you remember? So it's the year they beat Portland. And it is, I think, game five. It's in overtime. And Jokic throws the pass that Robert Covington jumps. Oh. And somehow he throws it perfectly above his fingertips right to Michael Porter, which was the pass. It's one of those ones where the pass was the, the highlight, but you still needed someone to knock down an open corner three under pressure. Tie game, double overtime. That's a basically pivotal game five, do or die. The whole series rested on that shot, and he was absolute nails. It wasn't that he made it. It's that he made it like, like yeah, Mike. You know, like. you know what? So that is the game before the game where he goes off in the first quarter. You're talking. So you're talking about that game five against Portland. Oh, so we were doing game six was the game that he went off? Yeah. So okay. you're right. I, this one is, is actually should be on that list somewhere. Absolutely. And then there's also just like moments, right? So. The, you think of the ultimate, yeah, Mike shot against the Clippers. Uh, uh, all-timer. Uh, the dunk against Montrez Harrell. All-timer. You know, so the, the dunk against KD. So there are let a me, lot. Let me give you this. Yeah. That was a list of 10. How many, if we redid this list one year from now, 365 days from now, how many games are going to be on it from this upcoming season? I'm going to take three. I'm going to take six. (laughs) I'm going to take six. Here's the thing about Mike. He's only been healthy for small stints of this whole thing. And when I say healthy, I mean as healthy as he is right now. He's had two seasons where he's been healthy. One of those was interrupted by an enormous pandemic. (laughs) Like there just haven't. And then this year was basically a recovery year and he played really well. We had a couple of them this year. I mean, how many of them, if you go through your list, how many of them were from this year? Do you have that? Do you have the list in front of you? I think it's maybe just other than the playoffs, it's one. Yeah, but how many playoff games were there that were on the list? Four. So five of them were Three. from this year. So if I say six will be next year, I'm actually just saying that he's going to be repeating. I mean, this will be his fourth year. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I actually think that five or six of his top ten games are going to come in this season, and it is possible. Rob says five. And here's the thing: it's possible that we can say ten. Somebody asked us this yesterday. Michael Porter doesn't have a forty-point game. I think he gets that this year. I think he gets it. I made a prediction last year that he has a game with 10 threes. It happens about 10 times a year. 10 different players do it. I think he gets it this year. And I just think there are going to be more opportunities for him to be able to take the reign. There's less pressure on the Nuggets. This is so exciting. Less depth. I think less likely for him to get subbed out at the end of the game for a Bruce Brown or this or that. I think Michael Porter has six of his best 10 games in 2024. This is the best I've felt since the title, You hearing you say that right now. I, look, I, I No, look, I, I'm with it. And okay, here's my so by the way, in hindsight, maybe bump one of those regular season games off or actually game one against the NBA finals. I was like a Michael Malone 4D chess yeah, yeah, from yeah. me. Like we'll give him the defensive player of the game chain. That could probably <laughs> be swapped for the Portland game you mentioned. But yeah. here's the big takeaway. There are more of them you th- than you think, and it goes back further than you think. And despite all the roadblocks he's hit, like you can see him in his box scores, he comes back. 
Yeah. He comes back. Yeah. And he and he won upset. He's resilient, man. I'm telling you, 99% of the NBA would not come back from three back surgeries. They no, just dude, wouldn't. They'd just man. retire. <laughs> they would retire, and he just is like, no, man, this is what I do. He's a champ. And I'm telling you, man, this this is what I've taken away from this. His most meaningful and most impactful games have come in the last year, year or two seasons he's been healthy. You know the playoff runs, but his best games. Or all that first year when we didn't know what he was yet, and he would just randomly go 11 of 12, 10 of 12, like every night, and you were like, We got him at 14. And it yeah, was like, yeah, Does yeah. he know what good shot selection is? Absolutely not. Took terrible shots, but he didn't miss them. And you were like, I don't know how this works in a system. He's gotten better at fitting into a system, but do you think that shot making isn't there right below the surface? The next step, here it is, vote. Elite shot maker, but bad decision maker. Great decision maker. Shot making a little hidden. Sure. I do think the third phase of this is elite shot maker knows where the shots come in the offense. The offense is a little more tailored to him. I just think that's what we're headed for if he stays healthy, which please let this be the year. I think his athleticism was at a higher level than it had been in previous years. I'm ready for it, man. Um, In the comments, we're going to go to break. How many games? Tell me the answer to yours. How many of MPJ's top 10 games are coming next season? Uh, let's talk about Bacchus and Shanker, Colorado's premier two-man game, because, hey, listen, sometimes you get hurt and it's not your fault. And if that happens at work or in a motor vehicle, then you want to hit up Bacchus and Shanker. It's real easy to do. Just remember the number two. Call them at 222-2222 to set up a consultation. And if it doesn't sound convenient enough for you yet, how about this? The consultation is free. They will take on your case and they will work on your case without a fee until they win money for you. And they've won money for their clients over $1 billion over the years. They've got locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Angwood, and Fort Collins. Bacchus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. Even if you're hurt at work, call them 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Bacchus and Shanker, they win, baby. A lot of winning happening in Colorado. So much winning. So much winning. Sick of it. Uh, You know what doctors say about winning? Don't look it directly in the eyes. Man, you are on one today. Um, Get a pair of Shady Rays. Get a pair of Shady Rays because they look good, they feel good, they're affordable, and you can shop with no risk. You can exchange the new pair or just return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And they've got great deals for you, like this one exclusively for our listeners at DNVR Nuggets. Go to ShadyRays.com, use code DNVR. You'll get 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's half off, folks. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. There you go. All right, final segment here, and I just want to look at the state of the NBA. We can kind of run through this one here. Um, maybe it deserves – some of these deserve a little bit more more time and a little bit more love. Let me just ask you to start a broad question. Sure. Is the NBA getting better or worse? And do you think – take the Nuggets experience aside because we're in like our personal golden era right I think now. it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> But would you say in the next five years, you expect the NBA to get better as a product or worse as a product? I'm going to say better. Okay. I think we're bouncing off a rock bottom of sorts or just whatever that metaphor works for you. There's a bottom. They bounce off of it. and <laughs> We've hit rock bottom and bounced. And bounced. Like Maybe a, there's a further rock, but they hit this rock anyway. I think it, I think they... You go. You bounce off of rock you bottom? Go. Um, right. No. So I, I do think it got really, really bad with too much player empowerment, which that can sound like a proxy conversation for other stuff. Not what I'm doing. Just I don't... 
you don't want guys forcing their way out like one year into a new deal, right? And I think the coverage of it got very... It, it became like memes and graphics, you know what I mean? And, 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 and highlights and all coastal and, and individually tailored. So I do think it like the soul of it was definitely dying. I think there's a new generation of hoopers that seem to fancy themselves as stewards of the game. We'll see how that evolves. We'll, I will say, we'll though, I said evolves. the same stuff with KD because KD came around. Like It's so interesting that Team USA is assembling and it's, it's Paolo Bencaro, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Shea Guild. Oh, no, Shea's on, on, on Team Canada. Who else? There's another young guy that is like one of the faces of this group. But it's interesting to me because it reminds me so much of the B team with Kev, with Kevin Durant. And I just wonder, like, we've said this before. During that era, LeBron had left and all this. And they're like, oh, we're here we are, Team USA again. It's a bunch of, like, ragtag young guys. But KD and Derrick Rose, and it was like, oh, well, these guys would never leave their team. And look, this new generation, they seem to get it. And they don't have all of the flash of a LeBron yeah, and a Carmelo. No but and then here we are 10 years later, and it's like Harden, KD, those were our heroes. Those were our champions yeah. of like that era. Remember when KD was constantly juxtaposed with LeBron? Well, he had that backpack. And Le- Remember Le- he'd and wear the backpack LeBron's everywhere? in his villa era. And yeah. you're like, look at Noble Duran over there. But yeah. Yeah. You've also got Mikhail Bridges, Mikhail Bridges, Jaren Jackson Jr. And Jaren as well. Jackson Jr. Doesn't this all feel like a wave of you, like to you? Yes, it does. Anthony Edwards, uh, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Jaren Jackson Jr. These guys all to me are like a class. You know what I mean? A generation. Yeah, I agree. Paolo Bencaro. But I do. I do. All right. I have a little more faith. I think that they got to grow up in the in the ugly version of some of this, and I don't oh. know. I think they they might look at this. We've talked about this before, mm. but like, hey man, it's up to us to save the All Star game. Or like, right. I like this team. Well, I don't need to now. Listen, Shay did say like if they pay us, money talks or whatever while well, wearing a giant fur coat and making two hundred generations million. are not uh, are not Borgs, right? Is like individual opinions, but I do I do wonder like they, there seems to be a vigor for the hoop in this generation that maybe wears off yeah, as you get older. Maybe. And perhaps, you know, someone like Jeff Morton would be eager to tell us about how he's seen that happen before. But KD loves hoop. Again, and I, I, I will step back from you're, a second right, from right. just no, blaming right. these guys. I do think KD got beat down by the NBA. Yeah. I think KD became the villain because the NBA broke him in some ways. Like, I actually don't think he was just being the chameleon. Oh, I'm an OKC. I'm going to ride a bike. I think that was him. And I do think that, like, just the negativity and the onlineness and everything else kind of, like, has slowly... Now he, like, embraces it, right? He's, he's quote-tweeting people. Yeah. He's doing all yeah. this stuff. But I will say, there's only, to me... How many super teams are in the NBA right now in your mind? Super teams? One? Yep. Phoenix, right? Oh, the, I was going to say Denver. <laughs> super I get teams, what you mean. I get super what you teams mean. not meaning teams that are yeah. good, but yeah, teams yeah. that were assembled in this way of like, we just forced ourselves here with superstars. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think there's only one. There's no other team to me at this moment that you would say that is a team that forced themselves to become what Correct. they are in any way. Correct. Um, I like that. But it's KD, though. It's the guy that was like... Okay, so I think these guys are watching... like. For all the sliding door moments aside, Giannis did win in Milwaukee. Right. Jokic did win in Denver. Yeah. And so just... This is now like all of a sudden... Kyle Lowry won in Toronto. I know he was the second guy, but still like... This is suddenly a weird example, I guess, but if I'm jaw, like 
I want to win in Memphis, you know? Now, I, <laughs> I'm projecting. Weird, like, that is a weird example. I know. I could have picked That's anyone else. I could have picked Anthony Ed- Edwards maybe <laughs> wants to win in Minnesota. If I'm John, you know what? Not going to put myself in Josh's shoes right now. <laughs> yeah, that's probably or his mind, Or his mind. But you get what I'm saying. And yeah. I, I do think there's something to, like, a, I don't know, man. There, it, it can be healthier than this. And I just wonder if some of that younger generation wants that. Play harder. Um, you know, stick with your with the teams you were drafted as long as they're doing right by you. I think the question you're getting at here, vote is who do the young players aspire to be career wise, not player wise, not even necessarily talent wise, but career wise. And here's where I'll push back. I don't know who that is. I don't know that it's LeBron the way that it has usually typically been the best player of a generation. I don't know if like Anthony Edwards wants to be the next LeBron. I kind of think he doesn't. Right. For whatever reason, LeBron has been both acknowledged universally as the greatest of a generation, yet nobody's trying to be him. All right. Is that good? I, I, I don't know. You know, like, all right, here's a question. Like, but here's what I was getting okay, at. Hold sorry, on real sorry, quick. Sorry, what sorry, I was going to say was you would think that they don't want to be LeBron for all these various reasons, but they used to want to be Kobe. And Kobe, it wasn't that he stayed with the Lakers. It's that he played for the Lakers. So it's like they wanted to be him by going to Los Angeles. I wonder if, I don't think people want to be Giannis or Jokic or any of that, but maybe they want to be Steph. Do people look at Steph and say right. he was he was in a good size market, but more importantly, he is the organization for which he won for? That that is kind of what I'm getting at, right? Or like rather, do we want to be a class of guys who have some version of that impact on our orgs rather than, hey, like which one of us wants to be the next LeBron? Like may, maybe it's a good thing if none of them want that. For sure. I think it's definitely a so, good thing. I mean it's what, an, will, what would it take though for this though? I still feel like it would take because Dirk won, and I don't think anybody wanted to be Dirk. Right. Kobe won, but it was the L.A. part that I think everybody wanted to be. Like, hey, he's famous. Is there, like, if Yoke wins three, does it move the needle at all? Mm, then you have not. Steph and Yoke are, like, exalted as this. Steph is, like, yeah, I mean, you probably need another American Hooper to do it, I wonder, too. For, really? For, I don't know. I don't know. And Steph is in the Bay. It's not like, I mean, the Warriors weren't a prestige team before I mean, Steph. Look, I Now just, they are. Perhaps a lot of this is inevitable. You know, the the media partners will make a LeBron, whether they want to be one or not. Perhaps as you get older, like you said, you just get beaten down, and the the earnest vigor that they all talk with, you know, I'm sure is sort of easy to say when you're 24 and you can play every night, and that wears off. But I don't know, man. It's this is the worst thing I've ever said on this podcast. I like the vibe of like, the NBA. Of the new class, of the current guys, Giannis Who Jokic like? and the guys well, below. Giannis Jokic are almost like and they're the, the, the they're right the now. establishment. They're the now. right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, Who else is the right now? It's a good question. Jokic, Giannis, Embiid. Embiid is right Embiid, now. I mean, he's not yeah, on their no, level, right. but he's. And then Luca is he right now or is he new class? He almost feels more right now than he is new. With he us. does. Maybe just because he? he's so good. Yeah, he's kind of his own. Yeah, he's hard to. Categorize. Tatum almost to me feels like a little bit now too. Um, the new class to me is definitely the jaw. The ants. ants. You yeah. know, that's like the young. They're like really young. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it, I like how much talent is around the league. I like that it's spread out. I like that. I don't know. I just get the sense that these guys have an interest in, in that version of the league. But I'm not naive enough to think it will necessarily play out that way. Mm. But it, it just, I, maybe I'm, I'm, Rose, rose-colored glasses, the Nuggets just won a title, and they did it in the fashion we all hoped and dreamed. But I do feel like, hey, man, if we're in a reality where the Bucks can win and not that shortly after the Nuggets can win, like, 
people should feel like any things can change around this league because those that outcome specifically the nuggets one is you know pigs flying hell froze over type of stuff all righty that does it for today um get your vote Hey, up, you dude? Too, man. Thanks, dude. Um, tomorrow, we're going to have an all-time haters ball. We're having It's Wade hop on the show. We referenced oh, him yesterday. We are? And we're going to do the top <laughs> receipts. The top receipts of the post-championship. You can make your own top receipts. I can find some that's of our a, own. That's a great what show idea. Makes a great, oh. What makes a great receipt? You know, how does he factor him? If you guys don't know, It's Wade has really gained a following, my, including myself, over this little post-championship run where he just had, he kept every receipt of people that said the Nuggets will never do it and has just been calling them out. So he's going to be phoning in from the East Coast, from people, the Southeast. People who tweet like 10 times a year. Checking yeah. their phone. What the? Yeah, what the hell? Just man? getting absolutely <laughs> destroyed. Uh, what's the best way to get to handle getting called out for a receipt? Well, there's, there's a lot of meat on the bone for receipts, but mostly we're just going to have fun talking about our favorite. We'll have the list and everything to kind of look at, laugh at, all of those different things. So it should be a really, really fun one. Everybody hit that like button for us on the way out. Thanks for hanging with us. Back tomorrow at noon. <laughs>